Now that Brian Koberger has been arrested and charged in the murders of the Idaho students, I open the Moscow Ripper case file, a series of episodes that will dig deep into the crime, the evidence, a possible motive, and the reality, the death penalty. This episode is about the transition and the reaction, the cause and effect, the 2,500 miles west that brought us here. Next, I give you my reasons. Moscow Ripper is a man in a mask, a stalker and someone who can complete a mission. A signature for that is the USMC mark on the knife sheath left at the scene. Brian Koberger has been arrested and charged, but what could have made someone who studied killers and criminology leave a trail that led back to Pennsylvania? I'll start with the transition and reaction. This is Chip Mahoney, and you're listening to Drowning Verdict, which is my true crime podcast, and I talk about fascinating cases just like this one. I go more in depth with the case. Thank you for joining me today. You might have found me on my TikTok. I've got clips there of the show. If it led you to my YouTube, that's a good place to be. I've got full episodes of DV, plus my other show called Chill Kill, where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time. So if you've got an interest in all of that, as I do, consider a sub consider the lobster drowning verdict is featured on spotify you can find it wherever you get your favorite pods out there in the podverse that known universe where all that content swirls about i'm there to provide maybe a unique angle a new idea definitely a topic of convo for people that you know so you can keep that conversation going on open and active cases important ones just like this one so that's what it's all about Thank you for being here. So today I'm opening the case file on the Moscow Ripper, as I call it, talking about the transition in reactions. And this is a case file where I'm going to talk about this along with future episodes about the evidence, the motive, and even the death penalty, because that's going to pop off in Idaho. Idaho is going to just blow up with this and maybe even the Lori Vallow case, which I am calling death penalty there in multiple states as well, uh, which could happen. So there's eight people on death row in Idaho right now. Could Koberger be number nine at least? Last execution was in 2012, but I'll get to that in future episodes of this case file. Here I'm talking about the transition and reaction, and I will start with the reaction because when I get to the transition, as I call it, it's something that binds the reaction. And it's something to really consider here, as well as we get more, more into this evolving case. But Brian Koberger has been arrested and charged with the four killings in Idaho, along with uh, breaking into the home as well. And this is uh, just a tremendous case. Obviously, it's across the nation right now. You know a lot about it. If you've listened to Drowning Verdict, you've heard me talk about my double rejection. You've heard me talk about the copycat 
killer. And now I'm opening the case file on what I call the Moscow Ripper. So let me get to the reaction because this is cause and effect for me. And like I say, it binds that transition uh, together. And I'll get into what that transition is because I think it just all stirs up this rage. And we're talking about motive in future episodes as well. So let's lay the groundwork for that. So the cause and effect, the reaction here is that I've said this was about rejection, that for one girl, they all died. That's my opinion. I've said that from the start, and I really think that is the case here. And I'd be surprised. I'd be extremely surprised if it were just something else, something just random. But I think that uh, the accused Brian Koberger had come across one of the girls, and I won't say their names because I don't do that on Drowning Verdict. I never talk about victims' names because I didn't know them, and I never act like I did. So I don't use first names. I will talk about the accused. But I think he came across one girl, and I've said it was at a party, at that party house on King Road. But maybe it was at a restaurant, a vegan place, something of that nature where he had the chance to see her and uh, get her in his line of sight and then try to talk to her and uh, make something happen. And I think that there was a rejection there. And I think that was something that led to the other things here of the stalking and the premeditation, that the stuff that we're reading in the affidavit and so forth. But it's cause and effect. And it's set into motion the things that played out and ultimately ultimately on the November 13th uh, is where the killings took, took place at that time, at that house, and he went on a mission. He, he made it his mission, and he, it was a fast strike. He got in, got out from about 4 a.m. to about 4.20 a.m., right in that window, killed four people, got in, got out, walked by one of the other roommates who was not a target, in my opinion, and got out of there. And it was a fast strike. It was a mission. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But that this was all a culmination of the reaction. But the transition goes back to Pennsylvania, to where he was driving with his father, uh, where he was uh, pulled over in uh, the middle of Indiana, it looked like, by a, a police officer there. And as a cop approached the, the vehicle, he had on the body cam. So maybe the FBI was trying to do that as a ruse just to get a look, a, a bird's eye view into the car to see if he had any weapons on him, what his hands look like. But maybe it was just a random uh, stop just because that's what they were doing there for tailgating. Maybe the FBI wasn't involved in that one. But we see that uh, window into the car and then we see Koberger uh, peer through the window as he dips down around the steering wheel and it's that moment it's that reaction in his eyes which is oh shit now that moment i saw before and it was a few years back when chris watts was caught and he was in a neighbor's house and they had video from the security monitor about him going back and forth between the truck and he's got his hands on his head as a cop is talking to him and he's got this oh shit moment all over his face. Now that look on his face wasn't, oh shit, I'm going to have to kill some more people. It was, oh shit, my life is over. Now Koberger had this sinister look in his eyes, which was very scary. And it was, oh shit, do I have to kill more people? That's what I picked up on. So they're driving back to Pennsylvania. And that's where I think this transition 
this thing that I said binds these two together is where in his earlier days in high school, it's reported that he had an extreme weight loss. I want to say he was about 285 pounds at that time before he had this extreme diet, and extreme weight loss, probably within a year and a year and a half or so that he lost this weight. Because right now he's about 185. I say he's about 5'10, 185. But imagine being 285 pounds and being in high school and, as reported, having uh, people mock you, even girls throw food at you. That's no fun. That doesn't do anything for the self-esteem. But with that extreme weight loss, that 100 pounds, again, as reported, that's very extreme. Most people could lose 10 or 20 pounds, but 100 pounds in a year, maybe a year and a half, that is extreme. And that does something to the personality. So what happens when you make that transition and then you go through your schooling there and then you uh, drive 2,500 miles or so to the West, enroll at Washington State in that PhD program, and you're trying to reinvent yourself and trying to have a better life, a new version of you. And what happens if you experience the same thing, that ultimate rejection Somebody that you like, that you want to talk to, that doesn't get to see how smart you are, and you don't know how to express yourself, but that person just says, no, leave me alone, go away, and maybe that happened. I think that could incite some rage, because even when you're 100 pounds less than the best version of yourself, the most educated version of yourself, the best looking you're going to be and the best weight you're going to be, it's still a no, negative, goodbye. I think that's set into this cause and effect, this reaction of this countdown where he made this transition from somebody who was more clinical into somebody who wanted to get into the experience, to get into the boots of the killer and experience what it was like. No more asking questions, no more surveys. But putting things into motion is what I'm saying. And then there was just a countdown from there because the people who uh, were the victims here, it was for one girl that they all died. And I've said that from the beginning. And I'd be shocked if it didn't happen that way because there was a window into their lives through social media to find out what their property looked like, what their life looked like. And those four people together, their close knit group, and even the two Additional roommates that were there who were left unharmed, they were not as close as that four. And I've said that. They were too close. The two girls were found in the same bed. It's uh, more typical to be in the same room and have separate beds, but they had one bed, it sounds like. So they were very close, and then you saw the closeness of the couple together and that couple with those other two girls, and I think that just drove him mad. You can't fit in anywhere. You want something. You want one, and why do these people have this closeness together? Why can't I have that? And so it uh, set this thing in motion, this cause and effect, this stalking, which was 10 to 12 visits to the home, uh, driving a route to stalk and prepare. So he's preparing for the mission because the mission was a man in black, clad in black clothing in a mask, covered his face, his mouth. He was on a mission. And the mission was to kill four. It wasn't to try to get everybody and I'm too tired, I can't get the other two. No, he got the four, he got out. He did that in 20 minutes. And he did that when 
a DoorDash had been delivered at 4 a.m. So he was right after that DoorDash. Ding dong, DoorDash is here. One minute later, I'm here with a K-Bar knife. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, which I've been planning to do. Because the USMC on that knife sheath, that's sort of a subtext for me. That's a mission. Because when you're a target of somebody else, like bin Laden was a target of the U.S. government, like... Uh, another criminal is on the top 10 of the FBI. They're a target of the FBI. Well, when they go in on that mission and they strike, they just go in to kill that one person. They don't kill five other people just randomly. They get the guy and they get out. So he had a target of four. He got in, he got out, and he got done. But he screwed up in many ways because of all this evidence. And it just uh, lends itself to asking the question, did he want to do it on purpose? Did he want to be somebody who was in a book that could be studied by Catherine Ramslid, the foremost expert on this stuff, who he studied under at uh, DeSalle's? I wonder, because it's sloppy for, for certain. Such a mission was sloppy. But it's that reaction. It's that transition. So... What's it like to have that weight loss, to be the best version of yourself you're ever going to be, the most educated, uh, the most independent, and still experience what you experienced in high school? And maybe it was even worse. Maybe it was better to be rejected when you were 285 or three bills. And people were like, you know what? Here's a pie in the face. Here's a spitball in the back of your head. Here's something taped to your butt. You know, you got that wide load and they're just taping stuff to you in the, in the hallways, things that you could just picture in a, in a movie about high school. But what happens when you're the best version of yourself? And that still happens. That sucks. You're never going to be any better. You're never going to be any better. So this is cause and effect. This is a reaction. This is that transition that binds. This is that 2,500 miles. This is that 100 pounds between who he was and who he wanted to be and being rejected. For, for one rejection, they all died. He was in at 4 a.m. just after DoorDash, completing the mission, and then scooting by the other roommate in there who was not a target. You're not on the list. You're not somebody I've focused on. I know that you're not part of this tight-knit group. I know who you are. You're going to stay alive. You're not on my hit list right now. This is uh, an amazing case. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of evidence that's collected. There's a lot of motive that uh, can come out because people are trying to find out what the motive is. I don't think there's going to be any confession here, but I will talk more about the motive and of course the death penalty when i get further in depth into the case file which i will have for you soon enough but for now i'm calling the moscow ripper because the ripper is a man in a mask covering his face his mouth he's in the shadows and he's had a mission he's been planning and he's ready to strike is that brian koberger well the cops say yes Everybody is saying yes, and all that evidence is to be determined. And will there be a link between the girl, one of the girls, and him? Because that's going to be where your motive is. And if there's any other motive there, I'd love to find out.
But this is Chip Mahoney. I'm signing out on Drowning Verdict this time, and I will see you soon. I'll have more for you. Thanks for joining me. But for now, good night.